Welcome back to Last Week Chopped Up. I'm here with my boy Jeremy, as we like to do to chop it up with you, Jeremy. How's it going out there in California? Hey, man, you know, it's great. It's great, though, at the actual particular moment, it's semi-great. I am uh, about, <laughs> ugh, I don't know, when did I, 16 hours from getting uh, my, my COVID booster shot. Um, so I've been, I got about two and a half hours of sleep. You know, I've already been been grinded this morning, so uh, I'm in good spirits. My arm is very sore, and uh, yeah. just hoping that this current feeling is as bad as it gets. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think heck of a lot better than getting COVID, and good on you for getting the shot. You know, and and now I know we have to be specific when we're talking about language about getting you know the vaccine because you you said I just got the COVID booster shot. Aaron Rodgers said, "Yes, I was immunized," and by that he meant homeopathic treatments to increase his antibody count, which I don't think does exist. A um, multi-month <laughs> treatment and protocol that I will not tell you anything about, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then he's he said he apologizes for misleading people. I hate when people say that. It's like, you got to ask a direct question. You gave an answer that everyone would interpret as you got back. You said, yeah, I've been immunized. So like, that's... Yeah. I, I just be like, all right, so you lied. I was like, no, you, you lie, bro. Like, just straight, you straight up and down. We don't have to sugarcoat it. You want to be whatever guy. Um, you <laughs> lied. Uh, if you just had said I'm not vaccinated, like, you, nothing would be happening now. It's like, oh, no. okay, no. you, you no. get some crap, the same crap, you know, but less than you're getting now because, you know, yeah. we could say whatever about Kirk Cousins. At least he's just up front, like, nope, no. not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like, Lamar Jackson. Is not vaccinated. Dude's got COVID twice and has and wears a mask <laughs> exactly. at every interview you see him in. So it's just yeah. like, hey man, yeah. if you're just out there with it, it's like, okay, well, this blew over in about 48 hours, and no one will ever ask you that again. So get out of here, Aaron, uh, with that yeah. noise. No, I completely agree. I guess he's just a. Uh, I mean, seemingly there's been very little consequences of lying, though. So there was no consequence. He could have just been honest and told the truth, and now he's lied, and he's going to skate on it. Seems yeah. like State Farm is going to stick with him, and that's probably his twenty million dollar a year check. And, and NFL's not going to do anything to a star quarterback. Certainly not Aaron Rodgers. So he's, yeah. he's going to. I mean, the, the This is the same NFL that had a videotape of Ray Rice knocking a woman unconscious. Suspended him two games and said what a great citizen he is with her at the press conference. A videotape got leaked and suspended him six games. So, like, they probably, I mean, they did know all along. Like, they're part of this, too. Like, this is, you know, to me, he knew nothing would happen by lying. That's why he did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if this was maybe an NBA, maybe some consequences. I feel like, actually, the NHL is not playing around. There would be consequences no. for this. Like, no, be, I'll give yeah. them one thing. They do not play about COVID stuff. And, yeah, I think... There's like a $300,000 fine for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers personally is paying a $15,000 fine. What are we doing? What's the point of protocols? <laughs> yeah. Can I just pay this up front and say, screw every yeah, protocol exactly. that exists? No. If that's going to be the cost to do a business. Like, oh, nah, here, 15, here's, here's 30, just in case you want to double, because I'm doing it up front. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> I plan to lie in the future about this. <laughs> A exciting week in the NFL off the field for sure. Aaron Rodgers to me was the most interesting because as you said, the NFL clearly it's a slap on the wrist to him. The Packers three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I feel like that's also just cost of doing business, you know, yep. and that's not gonna scare anybody off. So yeah, there's so, yeah, I think that that's that's their stance on it, really. It's just kind of optional enforcement at yep. this point. Yeah, so. for real. So sorry if you're a Raiders fan, you know, tough tough year for you guys, but uh, still still a good record. So hey, you know, stick in there. But yeah, tough uh tough week also they had to cut a guy because on tiktok live he brandished a gun and said come through i will kill you 
Uh, so tough, seemingly, tough times. <laughs> no, yeah, old seemingly, yeah, two first round draft picks <laughs> off the squad, lose your head coach in the last two weeks. Not the best week for the Raiders. Yeah, that TikTok video was, if you're a recognizable celebrity, you can't give death threats with weapons on social media. I mean, you that that's going to hurt your employment opportunities, I would say. And, yeah. I, I would just say, even if you were a human who wanted to get away with murdering someone, I wouldn't. I wouldn't on yeah. social media say, come through, I'm going to murder you. Just not not advocating murder, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, but a lot to cover. So quick, uh, quick NBA. Uh, well, one, we got to pour one out for our Stros. This is the end of the, yeah. uh, I don't know, Fantastic Four or, you know, Original Four, whatever we call them. Everybody who kind of went to all the uh, League Championship Series together. Man, went to five, three World Series, only one title. It is contested. I was really hoping we could get to two so we could put some of this cheat, cheat, cheat behind us. But, uh, hey, Korea is going to be out of here. So uh, hats off. Loved uh, love watching the Strohs, but uh, couldn't get it done this year. So End of an I want to throw that one out. Oh, yeah. And also, just NBA quick hit. I don't know if you saw the article about Robert Sarver, the Suns, just racism misogyny sexism investigation over 15 plus years 70 people interviewed yikes so i got a lot, a lot of yikes on that really in-depth story is that the owner, I, I that the is the is that, owner is that... of the, right. the sons yeah yeah um so since you're not caught up on that one it's a lot of, a lot of details a very long story i think what is going to be tough for the nba on how to litigate it so there's an investigation going on on this of like what happened um but unlike with Donald Sterling, um, as far as I know, as of yet, uh, no recordings have come out. So it's mm-hmm. kind of uh, he's denied, you know, like 98 percent of it through his lawyer. Um, so it's going to be a tough one. Right. Because generally other owners without very hard evidence are like, I don't want to set a president, even though you're a racist scumbag or, you know, a sexist misogynist guy. Yeah, exactly. But if I do, if we just boot you for that. Then we set a precedent for someone looking at all of my old emails, and I do not want that kind of scrutiny in my life. So um, I feel like it's going to be a while before we see the outcome of this, but I could easily see this being just a fine. I I don't. I mean, I I agree that the owners, their instincts will be to rally around and protect. Right. I mean, Donald Sterling. Let's be very clear. He was known to be what he was for years. And I mean, I, you would know obviously in way, way better than me, but mm-hmm. certainly I think that, you know, I've been around someone that's sexist or racist, like being around them for a little bit of time, you can clock it. Maybe not the, they're not the worst, you know, like they're not, you don't know how, uh, you know, are they and calling Magic Johnson the N-word bad? Or are they <laughs> just like, I, I, you know, there are some good ones and not, you know, that, that kind of BS, like, <laughs> you know, like you don't know, but uh, you can clock it. So like they would have all known Donald Sterling is a diehard racist for, for years. And then he, you know, calls Magic Johnson the N-word on tape. And all of a sudden he's selling the Clippers in two weeks. Right. So, right. you know, there's a, I, I agree. There's, there's indefensible actions, and most of the stuff they're happy to defend. And I, I, I would guess that that's that they're going to rally around because, let's be real, it's it's a lot of uh, people looking at that conduct and saying, well, I might have sent an email once or twice that made an <laughs> off-color joke, you know. But right. I don't know about you. I never like you could take every email I've ever written, Jeremy. You could take every single any account I ever had since I was a kid, okay. there's going to be no racist stuff in there. Like zero. There's going to be zero race. I don't know. About, I, uh, like, I'm not saying, I, maybe, I'm not saying. Okay. Maybe not an email, but what if we had like 
instant messages or i mean <laughs> you and i back in the day there's certain topics because yeah for me from from i wouldn't say though really racist so I yeah, think races kind of depends on the context, right? Like if me and you, yes. we could say things to each other that we yes. would not say to a random person, right? That's, so that, there's a, if you looked at when we were 16, <laughs> our text messages, you and I, my guess is we would look at that and say, there's some poor word choice. There was certainly not a growth that we had to go through as individuals, but one, we're 16 years old. And two, I don't think you would have said there's racist. I agree. But but certainly not in adulthood, okay? Like, you could look at every email. Okay, my work email that they have subpoenas for, I guarantee you there's no racism Now that I'm know? with you on that. There, I'm like, hey, you can get all, I, I might, you know, maybe some poor word choice. Maybe that was a little too aggressive. You know, there's some of those, I'm yeah. sure. You know, God dang it, this son of a gun is really yeah. ticking me off. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's some of those, but just screw that insert uh, ethnicity no. here person. No, nah, no, no, can't no. do it. <laughs> no, no, I don't roll like that way. There's no sexist stuff in my, e I mean, I don't behave that way, but there's certainly like, I mean, to me, if you're living right, you ain't got much to hide, you know, like honestly, yes. If you look at, if you go back to when we were kids, I'm sure we were saying some shit we think is looks stupid now, but it, in the, when that comes out, like there are college players where it's like when 14 years old, he tweeted this and everyone's like, Okay, he's apologized. He's grown. Like that's not what represents him today. These are grown adults doing this. John Gruden was like sixty-one, in 19, whatever he's doing this, saying that Michael Sam shouldn't have been drafted. This guy. To me, I'm like, I don't know. They're like, well, times have changed. I'm like, yeah. I think they times have changed. Yes, but only insofar as we're not putting up with as much racism. You know, that's how times have changed. Yeah, like not in like a well, we didn't think that was racist back in the day. It's just that we tolerated it more yeah, to a certain like extent. times have changed for the better. Like yeah, I exactly. feel like they've uh, you know they leave that part off the statement. Just like times have changed. Like oh wow, we're huh? Didn't expect you know Nazism to take <laughs> over, but look at uh look at where we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. oh no, we're trying to treat everyone more equal and be fair. You're like oh boy, yeah. times have changed. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Yeah, you don't hear someone that's like, let's say, transgender saying, well, times have changed. You don't hear someone that's, let's say, a black man. Well, times have changed. Not in the way it said, like, times have changed is kind of like, you know, it's a little hard to keep up with everyone <laughs> wanting their. It, to me, it's like, that's a dog whistle for me. Well, times have changed. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, everyone always wanted equality, man. It's just. <laughs> it's just we're, we're like slightly better at enforcing it now. I, I, I don't know. So sometimes that's John, John Gruden people on message boards. Well, it's hard to look back, you know. Hey, I'll, we'll, sometimes we'll watch. I was watching the uh, Fresh Prince with my wife mm -hmm. like six months ago. I used to love the Fresh Prince. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. There are episodes where it's pretty hard to watch in terms of how women are treated. Like objects. It's, it's hard to watch. We Is this more of a it. Hillary or Aunt Viv or... Uh... I would say Hillary's character overall is, okay. you know, like, uh, it, it, but also how Will would just talk about women. You know, it just seemed like, you know, there was a kind of a trope where, you know, he objectifies women and chases them and dog cat calls them and they're walking through the student union at his college and he's just yelling out to women how attractive they are. And you're like, you know what, if that happened if I saw that happening right now, I'd be like, stop it. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. not saying that's one of those things of like, I, my point is that I'm sure a woman in 1992 that was cat called in the student union didn't appreciate it then. You know, it's like, oh. insofar as times have changed, it's for the better that we think that's unacceptable conduct. And I was like, well, 
I'm not sure I can watch Fresh Prince anymore. I mean, it's not the Cosby show level bad, no. but like, you know, I'm, like, I'm not sure I can watch this. I'll watch other Will Smith vehicles. Luckily, he's been acting for like a century. <laughs> and if you want to get your Will Smith on, you can find it anywhere. Yeah, you can you know go real I mean? deep, man. Uh, so great. But I know we got a lot to go over on yeah, the we'll, pod today. So quick, uh, you know, after sports, uh, sports intro, uh, I'll give you a quick what, uh, what your boy's been up to besides getting shot in the arm. Uh, so man, yeah, what you got? What you I got? went to uh, a screening of Dave Chappelle's untitled documentary. So I uh, okay. didn't really know what that was going to be like. Uh, Dave being Dave, you know, you got to uh, give up your phone, put it in the little pocket, you know, the little baggie so you can't access oh, yeah. it to get in. <laughs> so when uh, when you're in line, someone comes up to you with like little cards. I'm like, hey, let me see your uh, let me see your tickets. I'm like, what? A, what is this lady? Why is she here? <laughs> then my, my silly self, like. They're writing down where your seats are because, like, yeah, you can't get to these tickets after uh, after you go through, right? Because they're lock they're locking your phone, so you can't access uh, it. I was like, uh, all right. uh, <laughs> that's why they're doing this. Okay, I got you now. So, um, so yeah, it was fun. So before had a couple comics come out. Jeff Ross was there. He pulled some people out of the crowd, okay. just roasting them. Yeah. So that was a, a good hang. Uh, the, the doc's about, um, I don't know if you know, Dave was putting on comedy shows in like that small town he lives in in Iowa or whatever. It's like 3,500 people, um, you know, yeah. throughout uh, the summer of 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it just starts like, hey, how they do it? You know, protocols they're going through. He had some comedians kind of living with him. Like Michelle Wolf was like literally living with the <laughs> Chappelle's oh, wow. for a while. Um, and you see some other folks. So that's interesting. But I didn't know just how many comedians they had pull up if you throw a very popular comedian's name out there they probably pulled up i was like oh trevor noah wow. kevin hart uh man who else came through throw out a throw out a name i bet you they were that's easy sorry Ooh, didn't see aziz oh chris rock popped up who else was unexpected man i don't know it was it was like the the quick list i had of uh, folks sure. uh, i was like okay so this was a full-on thing so that was cool and then after that they kind of did a bay area uh, kind of legends music thing. So they had this R&B singer come out, um, had Raphael Sadiq. I don't know if you remember him. And then, of course, you got to have E-40 and Too Short pull up because, you know, yay area. You got to have them come yeah. out. What was unexpected, Lil John was in there. I love really? Lil John. Yeah. So there was a little bit of what, yeah, back and forth between Little John and uh, uh, Dave, if you remember uh, Dave doing Little John impressions on oh, Chappelle's show yeah, back yeah, in the day. Oh, yeah, 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 so that was a, it was a fun time. It ended up being like three, three and a half hours. You know, didn't really know what I was walking into, but yeah, one heck of a hang. So um, that was, uh, you know, a li- little something interesting in my, uh, in my day. Or my week. How did the crowd react to Too Short? Because when I lived in the Bay Area, I had Raiders season tickets. And when the mm-hmm. Raiders scored a touchdown, I don't know if they still do this. They're in Las Vegas now. They played Blow the Whistle. And people went bananas. And I'm talking about everybody. We had season tickets. There's a couple next to us. They were Indian-American couple, probably mm-hmm. 55, 60. They're getting up there and like a sorry to straighten, blow the whistle, singing mm-hmm. the whole song. People love Too Short in the Bay Area. So did Too Short... Did he get an, an ovation? Was he feeling the love? So, I mean, you know, uh, just everybody out of their seats most of the time. Uh, he, yeah. he pulled out one song uh, in the catalog that was like, all right, that's not the, it's not one of the three songs everyone's here to, you know, vibe to. And then it's like, exactly. oh, yeah, blow the whistle. So, yeah, it's on my bar. That's the one you got to play. Yeah, about about going to it. He's like, oh, man, too short and E40. I haven't really kept up with those guys in a long time. I was like, man, it'll be 2121. 
and I bet you blow the whistle still bangs in the bay. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. You play that song. But probably bangs out here in the Netherlands, quite frankly. It's a, it's a straight up banger. Right. You, know, you can't you I wanna to listen to it now after the pod. You know? Yeah, <laughs> man. That's so, a yeah. Get you out of the seats. It was like play the hits. Play the hits. You got about 10, 15 minutes. Let's let's get moving and then yeah, wrap it up. Get out of here. That sounds like a cool event. That also, sounds like a cool event. Boy, uh alcoholic beverages. They're up there. <laughs> what, you like, got? what what did a beer set you back? A Stella, a uh, tall Stella, was eighteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could oh, oh that's unexpected. Ridiculous. You could get a full bottle of wine poured into a carafe from the concession stands. So I was like, I don't know if I've seen that before. Uh, asked how much it was. It was a hundred dollars, so I passed on that. Like <laughs> Franzia, right? It's like maybe I don't know, fifty, twenty dollar bottle or something. It's like okay, we not, we not at the club in Vegas. I'll just take a, take a Moscow Mule, please. If, if thank you. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll drink. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, one of the things actually out here in the Netherlands that's it's kind of shocking with people that visit is that at sporting events or really anywhere they sell alcohol in a captive environment. It's just regular prices. So I went to the F1 out here. Beers are five euros. There's just you, like you're in the airport buying beer. Same thing. There, there's somehow it's like not in the culture to like use your pricing power when you have it. It's so cool. You can just be like, oh, cool. We went 10 beer, like concession stand. It's just the same prices. It doesn't matter if it's at the middle of nowhere or at the sporting event. So when you told me that over text, I was like, oh, man, America, I, I'm not sure I can ever come home. That's a heartbreaking price for a beer. Man, sounds like there's opportunity for uh, collusion between retailers at these events to just <laughs> increase the prices all around. Like, hey, guys, how about what if five bucks became seven? What if we all just charge seven bucks here? We get, I mean, <laughs> like see, they're trapped inside. What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> this is why, this is why we don't need, uh, this is why we don't need you American entrepreneurial spirit out here in the Netherlands <laughs> p- pushing up our prices. You up here talking about <laughs> saying you ain't want to pay 18, but you're like, well, seven ain't too bad. Let's make a little paper. Right. Hey, we, we trying to eat out here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of what's, uh, you know, what's hot in the news, um, of course, Pretty interesting legal week, you know. When update, I think we have an update on that uh, Apple case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to show those? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, saw today. You know, we've had a lot of epic Apple case. Uh, there's one main ruling that came out in Epic's favor was the allowing a a link. Uh, or button, I think it is, the the debate was kind of like, what's the definition of a link or a button, um, to external payments. So um, oh, you know, this wow. has been interpreted different ways, but um, that was the ruling. Apple appealed the ruling. Um, they wanted uh, like a, an injunction without a time spe- specified on it to do unspecified research. The judge today <laughs> updated the filing and said, no, we're not granting you, a, I'm not granting you a state. You could be dragging this out for three, four, or five years. There's, you're not clearly saying what you, what you need time for, how long it will take, or that you're attempting to comply with my ruling whatsoever. So I am denying your injunction. And on yeah. December 9th, you have to allow apps with external links in uh, the App Store. So Apple's response is, I think, this is a poor ruling. And they are immediately appealing to the Ninth Circuit Court. Uh, I believe it's in San Francisco. So this is escalating pretty fast because after the Ninth Circuit yeah. rules, you're kind of only out unless there's been some judicial misconduct is the Supreme Court. And I feel like there's no no near term of this Supreme Court wanting to take this case. So it's kind of no. we're getting into it real quick. So by, you know, mid 
early December at least. We should have a date for the appeal um, if, yeah. if we don't have a rule, a ruling from the Ninth Circuit. So, uh, you know, this has a lot of implications for our, uh, you know, mobile app industry uh, writ large, as uh, smart folks like to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they came in this morning. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, to me, I don't I think the Ninth Circuit liberal court. I could just I would be shocked if they side with Apple here. I mean, I think they got to side with the consumer. Consumer choice law is pretty clear. I think Ninth Circuit's going to uphold the ruling. Supreme Court will just issue a "we're not going to hear it" real quick. They don't want to touch this. They'll let the circuits deal with it. I think it's a huge win. Um, honestly, I think it's a huge win win for the mobile development ecosystem. I think the monopolizing payment methods and and if you can't defend the price with a straight face, then to me that 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 fails the test. Like you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of complex antitrust law and there's a lot of stuff out there ultimately it was written a hundred years ago and it's not suitable to directly literally interpret but if you just have a common sense interpretation of the intent of the law the intent of the law is that once you have once you have dominant power over a, a consumer over a over an ecosystem then you're subject to scrutiny and you're subject to to demonstrate per se that you're not abusing that power mm-hmm. and not allowing someone to have their own payment provider, I, have, I just struggle to understand how you could, with a straight face, say that's not an abuse of that power. Yeah. And so I think it, yeah, I think it's DOA uh, in the Ninth Circuit. I think the European courts. We just saw as well today that the European Court of Appeals upheld the two point eight billion dollar ruling against Google from twenty seventeen for prioritizing their own shopping services. There is. Two other cases Google lost in European courts uh, around Android um, um, as well. And those will likely get upheld too. And so I think you're seeing momentum building in courts in both Europe and, and North America that's saying kind of enough is enough for these mega platforms, especially mm-hmm. if you're just going to outright restrict access to consumer access, um, either forcing your own products in the case of Google Shopping and Search or in the case of Apple restricting other payment alternatives. I think it's going to be a pretty big moment, and I would just be shocked, like you said, if the Supreme Court of the United States even wants to hear the case. I'd be flabbergasted if they do. Yeah, I was talking to a friend, uh, talking about the topic before this ruling this weekend, and it's really a case of not if, but when, and the longer uh, these platforms can stretch it out, they're like, hey, another year means like another $20 billion for us. Right. right. (laughs) You know, so we are going to fight this to every appeal the entire time. Like you said, the ruling uh, against Google was on a 2017 verdict, right? So we're yeah. talking quite a while. Uh, I'm sure they, you know, changed their prioritizing of shopping between that point and now. They have. You know, they have. But in the case of, you know, the payment processing, like, unless enforced, <laughs> right? It's just like, okay, we're going to keep eating up these 30% fees uh, yep. until okay. we are forced. So yeah, every day is another, I don't know, 20, 30, 50. I haven't done, you know, but it's like every day we stretch it out, it's 50 more million yeah. in the bank. Cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, they're a company. They're going to hire people to do this. Uh, I, I think it's gone past the point of being you know, uh, common sense defensible. And I'm glad the U S courts are actually falling on the right side of this. And I'm, and I think as a consumer, um, there was a period of time from about year 2000 to 2020, where it felt like the antitrust courts in America were just asleep at the wheel mm-hmm. and they had not adopted the way they approach, um, looking at cases of abusive dominance uh, for the tech ecosystem. 
And I think this is really shaping. This will be a landmark case and it will really shape. And we could look back to Standard Oil and so forth at the early part of the 20th century. And we could look at how we started thinking about dominance then. And I think we'll start seeing the idea of limiting choice, for example, in this kind of way will become like a per se no-no. And Mm -hmm. we'll all have employee trainings to not do this and stuff like this. Whereas it was like standard business practice by Google and Apple for for you know for 13 years yeah. so it's a big one i think i i i think it's a massive one and I'm, I'm personally happy to see it and i think legally the the case is very strong and so i think we thought this would go this way but you never know mm-hmm. um in america sometimes you just say follow the money but here there's money on both sides so oh, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah for sure like you'd have told me two years ago I'd be reading court filings on i think it's like amex first iowa or something that you know defines this the anti-steering rules by the Supreme Court. I was like, why? I was like, why would I need to know this? Like, this, this is. Yeah. I, I am not a lawyer, but now it's like, oh well, let me up, take a a look through a brief on this filing because this is what it all comes down to, right? The precedent set here and how it's interpreted. For like, sure. Okay. Well, here For we sure. are. You know, and I think For uh, sure. For, you know, For sure. as we look forward, not to spend too much time on it, but as. Everyone and their mother is going to say Metaverse. Obviously, Facebook is becoming Meta. Microsoft will talk yeah. about Metaverse inside of Teams. Uh, everyone who wants their uh, market cap to go up is going to say some version of uh, Metaverse going forward. But it is like, hey, these platforms are going to have to be more open from the beginning because yeah, you exactly. see what is happening out here. This this lock-in on cer- certain services, like you're not going to have that capability. So, you know, creating more actual value to validate, you know, people interacting with your services uh, is going to be a larger part of the play. So I have no idea what's going to come out of all this metaverse stuff because... I just see a lot of CG or markup videos of, hey, in the future, maybe we can do this or that. But I think, you know, the hardware is not quite there. The use cases are, you know, niche and have certain uses that make sense. But, you know, thinking in five years, will 200 million people daily be in the metaverse? However, whatever we want to define that as, I will we'll see. <laughs> you know, like, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. I was trying to think about how to think about the problem, you know, and, and and the projection. And one insight that I came to is that if you look at like overall video game usage, and again, it's the question, is this going to be more like a video game audience or an everybody audience? Mm-hmm. But like video games, interestingly, it seems like the share of attention on video games has gone up over time, but mm-hmm. not dramatically since like Atari days to today. The technology's improved incredibly. So um, I think... I think you're going to have to define what you're calling a video game, my friend. Well, I, I know you're in the industry, so it's a question of like, it, it, and that's, that, that's, yes, okay. If you're, I, I agree. It, the, what, where's the definition there? But my question to you would be, what role does the technological execution play in video game popularity? So, you know, if Minecraft was sub- substantially more realistic in many, many ways, does that, is that a core value driver for Minecraft? And the metaverse is trying to represent physical reality. So it's betting all of its chips on that, you, that realistic representation of reality. Is so I- that ultimately... It's, is that ultimately something that this audience is looking for, is my question. Like, So I would say uh, realism is a choice. That is not 
required for like you might just want to run around as blocks and talk to block people and regular sure, old sure, Minecraft. Sure. Like, mm, I, I don't know, you know, what people at large want to do. I think, um, you know, because when I think of gaming, I'm like, well, we've got these pocket computers that privacy track us and have cameras on us when we poop. You know, like we, you know, like I'm like that's a video game device, and everyone yeah, plays games on that thing. Like everyone. That's so true. I'm like, if we look at that's the true. growth of the gaming market. If we include smartphones, it's like I don't know, half the population of the world at least, probably. That's true. That's <laughs> like, true. So it's very large, but I think um, what the companies that kind of reference, you know, metaverse and growing it, that aren't, you know, already in the space in gaming, Roblox or you know, other gaming companies, you know, Meta and Microsoft. I think they're talking about a lot more non-gaming activities, which is mm -hmm. where it's it's like, hey, is this a futuristic video of something that will never happen or won't happen like this? Because I'm sure if we go back and look at videos from oh, yeah. five or ten years ago of like the office of the future, we'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah, that is not how the office turned out. <laughs> you no, know, no. we we do not always all have like that big surface. Uh, you remember the large surface no, device yeah, surface before that? Yeah. And like that was going to be a thing, right? And it's like, well, yeah. 10 years later, there's like none of those. <laughs> like that, no. that was not a thing whatsoever. So I think it no. is one of those. I think people feeling more present in virtual environments. Yes, that will increase. Whether gaming leads, you know, is the tip of the spear. Gaming traditionally breaks through on, on yeah, new technology exactly. and you yeah. know, por pornography are, are generally the, the first two to really yeah, get two, adoption. Case, those, and, right? and then yeah. we start to, you know, work on, Hey, what is it? Is it actually better to be in this virtual space than a zoom to do collaboration? I've seen some applications where, yeah, you can actually kind of whiteboard yeah. together, but yeah. the majority of the time I don't need to do that. <laughs> you no. know, like no, I, exactly. I very much don't. So it's, It'll get more. There'll be an adoption. But I think, uh, at least for me, it's really unclear what that future is. Because I, I talked to some folks who work on this. And, you know, I think they can tell you what they think, how they imagine the world 10 years from now. But if you say, what are you doing in a month? It's like, uh, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're trying I, some stuff. <laughs> you know, like that's, I, that's a bit tougher. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think your point, though, on the open source nature is is really critical here, both legally and practically like if you're going to develop uh you know the idea of capitalism is open sourcing the economy in some sense any free entry and exit right that's the idea is you can enter you can be on the capitalist platform you get a bank account and start a business right that's that's the idea so you can fill all these preferences of people so one central planner doesn't so i think facebook and openness are not two things that typically are associated with each other i mean you can't even turn on an oculus without a Facebook account, unless you're willing to pay double for a business Oculus, right? So like, and that's you know, your aha, that Oculus point <laughs> for them. I don't know, I just got to double tap on this a little bit. Um, so Facebook, right, is pretty much has a lot of rules of what they can do set by Apple and Google. So you also yeah. have to understand the platform no, play of yeah, Oculus is their true. own operating system that they 100% set the rules of. So it is not just, you know, we think metaverse is the future. It's also, we want to be the dominant operating system and set the rules, right? No, <laughs> Which is I, something that, that they want to do things that Apple, let's say, and Google restrict how they can work. And I think that's something we really have to keep focused that their business goal is to more holistically own the platform here. I, I completely agree. And I think we should maybe dig into on a future episode of if you think of the motivation, not having to work through Android or iOS is 
I mean, look, Facebook's right now, look at the year they've had. They're going to have a lot of ad revenue hits because of iOS 14 um, limiting the identifier uh, and passing back, associating a click with a purchase, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. So now they've really seen how exposed their business model is to Apple's decisions. Google could make similar decisions. And now you said Oculus. Okay, that's their touch point to a consumer that control the OS. In the metaverse, they're clearly thinking about controlling the OS. But is that OS a closed source, open source? We all, as you said, we can imagine what it is, but I don't think they know and we don't know. But this is the first step, so it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't predict the future with these technology things, and you're way better at it than me because you're kind of more in touch with it. But to me, like I, I'll go ahead and say I'd be surprised if the next five years, you and I are having a virtual kind of metaverse type interaction versus this interaction we're having now. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be surprised. And it sounds like maybe you would be too, given our applications don't necessarily fit something that's needed. But we'll see. Maybe we'll be doing this podcast in five years from the metaverse. metaverse we'll be wrong. Yeah. We'll say or, it then. We'll, like to me, we'll I'd also it. be super into, hey, I put on these <laughs> AR glasses, whatever, and I see you as more of a 3D representation because right. your camera can really map you know, all of your physical presence. I'm like, Oh yeah. Wow. This is like kind of like talking to hologram. Like, I feel, you know, yeah. you are more present here. Like I feel like I'm yeah. more there with you. So like, that's a, you know, interesting application, right? I was like, Oh, this is literally you. This is not a facsimile. Like yeah. it's just, no. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm, I, I, look, I feel hey. like I'm in the room with him man. I'm like, okay, that's, that's interesting. You know, Hey, look, if they pull it off, you know, like my dad and I watch sports sometimes and we'll watch it and we'll have like a, a audio call going, but I'd love it. We sit, imagine him sitting there. Yeah. Look, if they pull it off, some of these things, I actually think if another company come out with this, there'd be a little less salt. That being said, <laughs> I totally agree with you that they don't know what next year entails. Like 10 years, maybe they have the vision, but next year. But uh, Jeremy, I got to run. Yeah. Dinner time out yeah, here yeah. in the Netherlands. I know you got to you know, get your work on yes, uh, out there. Um, but we'd like to remind our listeners, if you like Last Week Chopped Up, tell your friends, tell your family about us, like, subscribe, make sure you get those notifications for the next episode. And with that, we'll see you next week. See you later, choppers.